Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Seven minutes after eleven South African time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahalan wa sahalan wa marahaban bikum. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning on our program, The Bliss of Marriage. I see my engineer, Haji Suleiman Esop. Uh, he's in a good mood, mashallah. Uh, full of uh, smiles on his Mubarak face. He will be my engineer from now till 12-ish, inshallah. Uh, yes, my wonderful listeners of Merkaz uh, uh, Sahaba, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah. I want to welcome the listeners of uh, Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and uh, company. Remember, our WhatsApp number is uh, 84 uh, 786-3132 uh, 084-786-3132 International Overseas Listeners Plus 2784-786-3132 Plus 2784-786-3132 Today is uh, the 9th of uh, Allahumma barik lana fi rajaba that's today, the date, the 9th of Rajab 1444. Ustad, it's a beautiful, mashallah, Tuesday morning. Uh, welcome to the bliss of marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum wa arafat. Jazakallahu khairan. Let's start, uh, Kimberly Ustad. What Mufti Sab has to say, what is wrong if a father hugs his daughter after she is married? Ustad. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulil kareem. Amma ba'd. All praise due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Here there are three, four different scenarios. Number one is if the father, biological father, shakes the hand of his biological daughter. So till day we all agree there is no problem with that. Even in normal circumstances, if the father hugs his daughter, even after she's married and kisses her on the forehead or on the cheek or something, and it is done for love and muhabba and so forth, so till then no problem. 
But the problem comes about nowadays. Sometimes Allah forbid, Allah forbid, that the father does that to his daughter before she's married or after she's married, and their evil motives and intentions is done with shahwa, with desire, with lust and passion. So obviously that is not permissible. So therefore in this day and this age, when we know that that is going to happen, then you must not hug your daughter and so forth if that is going to be the intention. In normal circumstances, it's permissible, but today we live in a toxic world, toxic society. We know people even rape their own daughters today, Allah forbid. So therefore, we have to answer the question both ways. Then we have to extend that question by another level that sometimes people want to even hug their daughter-in-law. Your son is married, so now he's got his wife. So now you, the father-in-law, you are the mahram for her, for the daughter-in-law. And she and you, the father-in-law, you can never get married even after your son passes away or divorces her and so forth because you, the father-in-law, you're the mahram for her. But we will never advise for the father-in-law to go and just shake the hand of the daughter-in-law till they're fine. But now you want to hug her and her breast and bosom is touching you, you're touching her, and a lot of things happening nowadays. So all that we will say you must abstain and refrain because too many incidents nowadays have happened where suddenly the father-in-law and the daughter-in-law, the sparks start flying, or son-in-law and mother-in-law. So although the son-in-law is mahram for the mother-in-law, Quran Sharif is clear on all this issue. And that is the mother of your wife, so meaning mother-in-law. So all this is mentioned in the Noble Quran in Surah 4 and verse number 23, verse 24 and so forth. And in verse Surah 24, verse 31, but whenever the rationale, the reasoning comes of shahwa, of desires, of passion and lust and so forth, so we must abstain. You know in English what we say, al-wiqayatu that prevention is better than cure. Mm. So that is what we must realize, that we must rather maintain the marriage, otherwise there can be big problems regarding marriages and so forth. Mm. So start. my mommy is 66 years old. She wants to go for Umrah with my cousin. It says here, for his son. My father passed away. Is it permissible for her to go for Umrah with him as her mahram ustad? Not permissible. How she can go, that you must remember that with the cousin and so forth and so on, that person, there is not the mahram and so forth. So therefore, we must be very, very clear. So I can go, I'll just use my example, right? I can go with my father's sister. So I can go with my mother's sister. But I am not allowed to go with my mamaji's wife. So remember that me and my mamaji's wife, my mother's father's, uh, my mother's brother's wife, my mother's brother's wife and myself, we are ajnabi, we are strangers to one another. 
I and my father's brother's wife, Chachi, Kaki, whatever you want to call. So you must remember, we are strangers to one another. There's different thing. We don't pay much attention to it. We shake hand, all that. But that is our weakness. But from Sharia point of view, you must remember myself and my Chachi, my father's brother's wife. We are strangers to one another myself and my mumani my mommy so remember my mother's brother's wife we are strangers to one another we can't even shake hands and so forth so how are you going to travel and all these type of things like that we are seen now we cousins fine in english you can say cousins but that does not justify that you travel with an ajnabi you fact remain with ajnabi so for hajj umrah even ordinary journey i want to go from job to Durban or Cape Town or wherever so you go with your husband or you go with a mahram a mahram means you cannot marry that person now or any time in future so therefore to go with cousin and all that is not permissible somebody says Ustad, that uh, my friend's hubby goes jamaat every weekend and four months in a year but leaves no food in the freezer he says wife must learn to love like sahaba all spoke to him, but he says he's young, so must do his best for Akhira. Ustad. Remember, this brother has got the total wrong understanding of the work of Da'awat and Tabligh. So it is people like that, you must remember, who disgrace the work of Da'awat Tabligh. The work of Da'awat and Tabligh, I said it a hundred times. If you study Hazrat Mu'ana Ilyas, Rahmatullah Alayh, his message, his mission, go read the work of his by Hazrat Mu'ana Abul Hassan Nadwi, the life and mission of Hazrat Mu'ana Ilyas, Rahmatullah Alayh. So you will find what he was teaching and so forth. And today is hundred years Islamically for this effort. And let me be clear on this. The effort of Dawat Tabligh is the best thing in the world today. Remember that is better than all Darulums, is better than all Khankas, is better than everything. If you look at the benefit of it globally, internationally, weaknesses, shortcomings, we all got. Now, but some people go over the limit, like this brother here. Now, every week he wants to go out. Then he wants to go 40 days or four months. And then he doesn't leave for his wife and that. And he says, you must live like Sahaba. So when you're going overseas, why you don't go with a horse and a donkey and a camel? You're telling your wife, but you want to go by plane and all these type of things. So, brother, you got the total wrong end of the miswak and of the stick. Quran Sharif teaches us Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse number 19, They treat your wives with love, with respect and justice. Hadith Sharif, authentic in Tirmidhi, Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, The best of you are the best of you to your wives and your children. I, Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam, am the best to my wives and my children so this is authentic sahih hadith in Tirmidhi we used to sit in the majlis of Hazrat Maulana Masihullah Khan Sahib Jalalabadi Nawwarallah Marqadahu he passed away in 1992 in November so I'm speaking of 77 from Karachi we went spent the whole Ramadan day in Jalalabad so not once on several occasions Hazrat Ji Rahmatullah used to mention what is the barometer 
He says the whole world can say you are good, but if Allah and Allah and if your wife and children say you are not good, you bad, then by Allah and Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam you are a bad person. And the whole world can say you are bad, but your wife and children say you are good. Then by all my Allah Jalla Wala and Mustafa Sallallahu you are a good person. That is the barometer <coughs> in Islam. So what good is it that you're going so much in Dawud Tabligh, but now you're taking the curses of your wife or your children, neglecting them, shirking your responsibilities? To me, it seems that you're just looking for an excuse. You must remember that. You see, I spoke of Hazaji. I have the book still. You must remember that one day people start making, you know, people make a lot of propaganda. So they said Hazaji, Harad Masyullah Khan Sam Nawarallah is against the work of Dawud Tabligh. You say, how can I be against the work of Dawud Tabligh? But sometimes people go over the limit. So he wrote a book, Usulut Tabligh. So you must remember the principles of tabligh. So everything must be done within the parameters of the Sharia. The elders of Nizamuddin, Hazaji, and all of them, Hazrat Mona Umar Sahib and them, they used to come to Jalalabad to meet Hazaji. Hazrat Sheikh Zakaria, Nawarullah Marqadahu, one of the greatest scholars in Hadith, used to come meet Hazaji in Jalalabad. So you must remember, they knew what he is doing and teaching and so forth. So one, two brothers, they go over the limit, they do things that are wrong. Like from Cape Town, one person said, I want to do what the Sahaba did. He went with the horse from Cape Town to P.E. Before he reached P.E. what the horse died. Understood? <laughs> so now, now you start disgracing and saying, now people start condemning Tablik. That's wrong. You must say the work of Dawud and Tablik is the best work in the world. But you must say some brothers that they go beyond the limits or they don't do the way it's supposed to be done properly. So that is their weakness and so forth. You go to a masjid. There are 100 people there. We're reading our Salat. 90% read Salat properly. 5, 10 of them don't read properly. What are you going to say? You're going to say the whole masjid is corrupted? You're going to say everybody is corrupted? It's wrong. You can't do that. So similarly here also, there's sometimes our brothers, they have too much zeal and enthusiasm, too much josh and no hosh. So therefore, that they get caught up like this. It's totally wrong what you are doing. If what the question is saying is true, then what you are doing is not permissible in Islam. So I'm a sister from Akron, Baluchistan. I'm a teacher. Can you please quote me a verse from the Quran where women can't march for deen? I mean, it's ridiculous, Mufti AK, if we can't. There's a lot of sisters who will give their life for deen. You told my husband we women can't march. Ustad. Leave, leave the woman to march. Even the men can't march. You must remember that you must sit quietly in your house. Quran Karim says, Surah 33, verse 33, وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ Human, you must take loot to your houses. You're going to march for what? For load shedding. You're going to march for what? For this political party. You're going to march with all men and women all mixed up. Half the women won't be dressed properly. Mm. The guys all there. And some guys will come with their vuvuzelas. Woo! 
and much all this guy. He dies all these things here. So you must remember. We say for the men to march also is not permissible. What are you going to march? You're going to march with a non-Muslim woman. You're going to march with the people not dressed properly. All that is jais, all that. All haram it is. Man Whoever imitates a people, he is from them. And man, this hadith is authentic in Abu Dawood. Man you increase the numbers of a people, you become part and parcel of them. The hadith is authentic in Muslim Abi Awana. You see, let me be honest, I don't know you. I schooled there in Benoni, Actonville, and all that, William Hills. So in the early 70s, from there, then I went to Karachi and so forth. The point I want to make is today, your name is Maria, but your thinking process and thought process is just like Mary. The man, his name is Bilal, but Bilal's thinking, I just use these examples, the name can be Abdul Qadir also, Abdullah also, but remember the thought process of Bilal, it just sounds nice, like that's why I use it, that Bilal's thinking is just like Bali. So that is what they have done. So you're not thinking as a Muslim. Your thought process is just like that of a non-Muslim. You must remember that. It's like our Muslims, some of them say, how can I run a business and you tell us interest is haram? It's not I'm telling you it's haram. It's Allah is telling you. It's not I'm telling you you must stay in your houses. Allah is telling you to stay in the houses. We want to run around like, you know, uh, lunatics, if you ask me, in the streets and all this type of stuff and shout and scream and all that and we say this is jihad yes it's jihad of shaitan it's not jihad of what Islam is speaking about so we must draw a distinction that what is haq and what is batil what is truth and what is falsehood <laughs> Allahu Akbar I see the sister quoted the verse she says explain to me like like Rahafiddin means for non-Muslims. You must remember that our message to the world is we don't take AK-47 and go to the world. We take AK-255. You know what is two AK-255? AK, Ayatul Kursi, the most majestic verse in the Noble Quran, A'azamu Ayatin Fil Quran. So AK 255 means verse number 255 of chapter 2. And immediately when that finishes, Quran Karim says in Surah 2, chapter 2, verse 256. So you must remember what Quran says, like Rafiddin. We can't take a gun or a sword or a knife, go to the non-Muslim and say you must embrace Islam. So that you can't do. That is the meaning of like Rafiddin. Last night with Allah's help, Allah's fazl, one priest and he embraced Islam and his name Ali. So if you want a club, we can send it to you. You can listen to it. Mm. 10 to 10, 5 to 10, he embraced Islam just before we finish the program. We say, Hada min faddi rabbi, Hada rahmatun mi rabbi. So that is the meaning of it. For Muslim to impose upon Muslim, that is totally, not only permissible, is compulsory. So I give you from Quran Sharif. Quran Sharif says that if the wife is disobedient, so what you must do? 
she don't want to read salat, she don't want to wear modest clothes and so forth and so on. Fasalihatu, qanitatun, hafidatun, lil ghaybi bima hafidallah. Thereafter, Almighty Allah states, Wallati takhafuna nushuzahunna. And those wives that you fear, that they are going to be disobedient now to you, they don't want to listen and so forth, so you must take remedial measures. Fa'iduhunna, first speak to them, give them wa'az, nasiha. Let her soften and melt their hearts. They don't listen. Separate the beds. You go sleep one bedroom, let her sleep in other bedroom. Or even if you sleep in the same bedroom, don't fulfill her conjugal relationship and her rights. Third one, Wadribuhun. What's the meaning of Wadribuhun? If you translate it literally, it means you can hit her. Hit her don't mean that you take a belt and a big, big stick and hit all that is haram. Wife battering, assaulting, wife all haram. It means you take a miswak, you take a ruler, and you tap her on the hand and so forth. So that is called shock therapy nowadays. But the fact remains from there you prove that the husband can, you must remember, discipline his wife. Surah number 4, Surah Nisa, and verse 34. Hadith in Tirmidhi. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that allimuhum in the sab'in. Teach your children about salat when they're seven years old. And when they ten, salat is not even compulsory when they ten, the boy only becomes baligh and mature at the age of twelve, the earliest. The girl earlier she becomes baligha is when she is nine years old. So most probably at the age of ten, most of them will not be baligha and they won't have received their menses and hayes. But you, the parent, wadribuhunna. So you must hit them, discipline them, and shout them, and so forth. So what it means? Like Rafiddin, there's no compulsion. Religion is for non-Muslims. For Muslim, you, I'm the teacher, you, the student, and you don't read Salat. You must Salat deliberately. Can I give you hiding Islamically? 100% I can give you hiding. And I should do that at Darlum, Newcastle, when I was there. So you must remember that. So that is what is meant. Not what you are understanding according to your concocted reasoning. Allahu Akbar, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. So Ustaz, till what age can a mother control her children? So she must control her children right till the time of death. You must remember that the parents, whether they are children, daughters, sons, are not married, they're married, Amal bin Maruf, Nahnil Munkar must go on. We say Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi sallam was, is, will always be the most beloved, the most precious to Almighty Allah, Jalla wala, for all times, all places. 100% is our belief, is our yakin, our conviction. Then we also say in the next breath that we, the Ummat the Muslimah, the Ummat of Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi sallam, we are the best. But are we the best mutlakan unconditionally or are we the best with certain conditions? Almighty Allah addresses this issue. Chapter number 3, Surah Al-Imran, verse 110. You are the best of people, me and you. People who got Iman, Islam. You have been taken out for the nafa, for the benefit of people and humanity. That Lam Day is for nafa, for benefit of humanity. So what must you do? Ta'amuruna bil ma'roof. You must keep on commanding the good. 
and what anahona anil munkar. You must continue prohibiting and forbidding the evil. And you believe in Almighty Allah. To believe in Almighty Allah is first. But here Allah Ta'ala mentioned it in the ending to show you that this is your unique feature, that is your characteristic. Amar bil ma'roof, nahan munkar, surah 3, chapter 3, surah al-imran, verse 110. So Almighty Allah Jalla wala is teaching us that each one of us must understand that what we should do is this, that if we want to remain the best of Ummah, then besides believing in Almighty Allah, besides believing Living in Mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam and all the articles of faith, then we must continue, continue with commanding and joining the right and prohibiting and forbidding the evil, and that's a process that continues right till death. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala and he was stabbed by Fairuz Abu Lu'lu al-Majusi la'anahullah, the fire worshipper. Then he stayed alive for the three, four days or so. And then he passed away, end of Zulhijjah, 23rd year of the Hijrah. On the first of Muharram, you must remember, then Sayyidina Usman radiallahu became the Khalifa and Amirul Mu'mineen on first Muharram, the year 24. The three, four days, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu was at home. Some people came to visit him. Go open Bukhari Sharif, you will find it. So he's on his deathbed. And one youngster came, and his trouser, his izar was below his ankles. Then he saw that, and he told him, pick your trouser up. Imagine the man is in his deathbed, and he's making Amr bin Maruf Nanil Munkar, commanding the good and forbidding the evil. Me and you say, no, that when my daughter is married, my son is married, they must sort themselves out. I'll just keep quiet. We're shirking our responsibilities. Yes, the husband must tell the wife, but the parents must tell the daughter as well, even though she's married. Surah 66, verse 6. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu qu anfusakum wa ahalikum nara O you who believe, save yourself and your children from the fire. Kuhadith Bukhari Sharif He Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Kullukum ra'in Wa kullukum mas'ulun an ra'iyya Every one of you is a shepherd And everyone will be questioned Regarding his or her flock So they, these are all clear-cut Nusus what we call Divine text, prophetic text All based on wahi and revelation I see this This the, the... <laughs> There's two or three questions regarding that same question we started to pose about that Actonville, about the march. So there's a sister from Bosmond. She says, so how did the Sahabia carry themselves out, Mufti Sahab? Did they sit only in their homes? Today the law stands for women's right. Sister from Bosmond, who started? So Islam gave the human rights already 1,400 years ago. Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned in Hajjatul Wida, the farewell sermon, Inna Allah qad a'atah. Verily, Islam gave everybody their rights who are eligible to rights. So in Islam, when Mustafa Habibuna married his daughter Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha to Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anha, it was. It was in the second year of the Hijrah, and that is, you must remember, during the month of Ramadan, 
And after the battle of Badr, if you want the reference, go open Musannaf Abdul Razak, you will find it. Nevertheless, what Habibuna said, setting the precedent for humanity and posterity. So you, oh my beloved Ladli, my beloved daughter, Fatima radiallahu anha, everything at home, you responsible. You the minister of home affairs, interior affairs, and domestic affairs, call whatever you want. You, Sayyidina Ali, my beloved cousin, my beloved son-in-law, everything outside, you're responsible. So both parties have rights, both have obligations. But because the Muslim world today and the Muslim women today, by and large, day and night watching Hollywood, Bollywood, Robin Hood, Shaitan Hood, and Tiger Hood, so now you get bombarded by the Western media. No, we must go work, we must go march, we must do this, we must do this, gallivant here. Since when Islam allowed all this there? Absolutely haram all these things. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's authentic hadith in Tirmidhi. Ida kharajatil mar'a. When a woman leaves the home. Wahiya muta'attira. And when she leaves with makeup. And you know how the women... 80-90% Muslim and non-Muslim. How when they leave their home? And she passes the man. The man can see her beauty. The man can smell all that fragrance and everything. He, Rahmatulil Alameen, Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, So remember that she's an adulteress. What Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said? She's an adulteress. And you're telling me that you can go outside and march in all that nonsense. So you must remember that the problem is the Ummah today is suffers from the inferiority complex. They think the West is the best and white is right. That is the problem today. Otherwise, it happened in front of your eyes. The Muslim women look down upon them. The Muslim men look down upon them, majority. And the world looks down upon them, Mm -hmm. the Afghan women. But what they did? They stay in their houses. They got their parda. They they didn't make, you must remember, their children only doctors and engineers. They made their children sons mujahideen. Come British, we'll show you a lesson. Three times they came and they gave them such a threshing. Macmillan, the Prime Minister, said in 63, first law of politics never invade Afghanistan. Then the Russians came in 79. In 90, they packed up, put their tails between their legs, and the whole Soviet Union collapsed. (laughs) They brought down two super empires. Then Americans came with 47 other countries, 48 countries coalition, and the Taliban, Mujahideen, gave them such a threshing that they had to leave two billion worth of their treasures in Afghanistan and their booty and spoils of war. And Trump said the worst defeat in the history of America. So a mother, her aim is tarbiyah, to give training to her sons and to teach them what is Islam and teach them what is jihad. And so, not roaming around and gallivanting around and all these type of things. So you've got the total wrong end of the miswak because you suffer from a complex. You want to be like the Hollywood actress or Bollywood. I don't say all, but I say many. So you must remember. So the Muslim mind to 
today. Men and women are impacted by the media, and the haram media, all these movies and all mm-hmm. these kind of things. A Muslim's a woman's place is at home. When there's need, she goes out, not gallivanting every day. So remember that is totally haram. Mm-hmm. 23 minutes to 12 o'clock. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Well, it's uh, 21 minutes uh, to 12. Uh, there's a listener who starts saying that if a husband is in a coma for five years, who start, can a wife remarry? The doctors are not sure if the husband will come out of the coma. Anonymous Ustad. Remember, in a case like that, for you to remarry totally haram, how can one woman have two husbands simultaneously? If somebody asks you, who's this person in the clinic hospital, you say your husband. And there by your house, they ask you, who's this? You say your husband. So obviously it's haram that. So what you must do is this, if the condition of that person is very, very critical, one year, two years, three years, have passed, is in a coma, like that Ariel Sharon, the butcher of Beirut, and the war criminal, eight years he was in coma and so forth. Allah's curse was on him for murdering so many Muslims and so forth. So that was Allah ki la tibi awazi, a punishment for him. So in a case like that, you want out, go to the ulama or the jamiyats or whoever, and you go and apply for a fasakh, and that is an annulment of the marriage, and then they will investigate the matter and so forth, and if they are convinced that you have valid grounds, then they will annul the marriage, then you go into it, that, and after that you can marry who you want to, but your question is not that, your question is that the husband is there, and if he recovers, then who are you going to be married to? Mm. So obviously that marriage, the first one is valid, and the second one of yours is null and void, and if you you did that, you're living in sin, and all the children from the so-called second marriage are haram children and illegitimate children. So, sir, can a sister marry her brother-in-law, her sister's husband, as that sister is divorced to start? So, you must remember that, therefore, we say that there is a lady, and she's married, Right? Now they want to go for Umrah, they want to go for Hajj. So some people say, no, that this husband and the wife, they will take the wife's sister with, so it's haram. Why? Because after this lady dies, or the husband divorces her. So you must remember in a case like that, that he can marry that sister. So you must remember this, provided that her iddat and everything is finished, that then you marry her. Why he must wait till her iddat is finished? Surah 4, verse 23, 24, Allah says, You can't combine two sisters, biological sisters, one at one time, that in marriage by one person. So the, the sequence of events will be like this. ABC, the male, is married to XYZ. The marriage then sour, and then ABC gave a talaq. So the divorce is valid, and then they must wait till the iddat is finished and expired, and all that finished, now ABC wants to marry XYZ sister, so totally permissible, no problem. Therefore, there is parda and hijab between them. What we are doing today, we say, no, 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 let her come stay here, and so 
forth and all, then all the sparks start flying already. When you're in the bathroom, the wife, then he's tuning up your sister. So that is why Islam says, Wala taqrabu zina. Do not even go near fornication and adultery. Allah Akbar, subhanAllah. Somebody says here, Ustaz, that uh, if parents don't approve of a boy's nikah, can anybody else be a wakil to that nikah, Ustaz? So remember, the boy don't need wakil, so you must remember that. The boy does not need his parents' permission. Yes, we never ever recommend that. We will always suggest and tell the boy, take your parents to us. Wife, you can find many, but remember, parents is only one set of parents you have, your biological father, biological mother, so take their du'as and so forth. But he doesn't really need permission from them. If he gets married without their permission, the nikah is valid for the boy. He doesn't need a representative. He will be there himself. So remember, if you mean the other way around, that this boy here, he wants to marry your sister, your niece, your daughter, whatever, you are giving permission, but very, very reluctantly. So now you feel as the father or as the brother of that girl there, that, you know what, I don't want to be the wakil, and so forth. That's your prerogative. So somebody else will become the wakil, that the uncle or whoever, or her nephew, and so forth, who's sane and mature. So the nikah will be valid. There's no problem with that. But you must know how to phrase the question. The question itself is phrased incorrectly. So remember, in a case like that, if you don't really approve of the boy, but you're giving permission, but reluctantly, so the nikah is valid but remember you don't want to be the wakil i always tell people my family my friends like this week i have to perform a nikah i sent it to you right Malana? Jus- invitation. Yeah. who's that person allah alone knows i don't even know him but from six months or three months is insisting you must come first saturday uh, in february i told him what time this they say all right so I told him, fine, in five, ten minutes, I'll perform your nikah, everything, and I'm going away. I've not come to hall, I don't do anything, and so forth. I just come quickly. So 10, 15 minutes, I want to finish everything up. He said, fine. I told him I'll be there on time also, because I got the other work also. Anyway, so who's who? I don't even know. I don't even know who's the groom and so forth. But before I perform the nikah, I'll say, you the groom? He'll say, yes. So I'll say, who are you? So they will say, the wakil. So I'll ask him, well, how, what are you connected to the lady? So they'll say, the father. So we'll say, very good. If they say that is the brother or is the, you understand, uncle, then I always will ask, where's the father? So sometimes they say the father passed away or the father is not available, he's gone somewhere. Then it's a different thing. But always we will try and promote that the wakil and representative of the bride should be the biological father or the biological brother or the biological uncle, father's brother, the chacha, kaka, like that. So then we know that their blessings are there and so forth and so on. For this reason, we do that, you must remember. And thereafter, we read the khutbah, perform the nikah and so forth. Hmm. Listen to this one, Ustad. Mufti AK, you're not going to stop me from making dua. 
I make dua every day my husband must die. I even tell my kids, make that same dua. Anonymous broken sister, Ustad. So what can I do? You must remember that we can't stop anybody. You want to make dua your husband live for 100 years? Alhamdulillah. You want to make dua your husband dies? So it's totally wrong. Mm. He won't die because you are saying that. He will die and pass away on his appointed time. And for you to poison the mind of your children is totally haram. So you must remember that. What? You must give us the reason. How come your heart and your mind is so poisoned against your husband? So I give you three reasons. Maybe he assaulted you or hit you very badly. So therefore, not once, maybe repeatedly. Or secondly, he's busy with other women and so forth, humanizing. So therefore, your heart is totally broken and you say that he must die and so forth. Or third one, he's busy with drugs and alcohol. And these are the normal three, four things you must remember. But does that justify you making dua that he must die? Does that justify you telling your children he must die? It's not right that. So if you don't want to stay in the marriage, then you tell him he must give you a talaq and so forth and so on. We normally will always say what Quran says was sulhu khair, reconciliation is the best. But if you can't and so forth, we never agree with this, that the wife must be used as a, you know, punching bag and so forth. So in a case like that, go to your ulama, your jamiyats, and apply for a fasakh, annulment of marriage. And in that way there, you must remember Remember, then you will, inshallah, that become, you must remember what we'll say, that, you know, free from him, and then you sit in iddat and you're out of his clutches. But to make dua, he must die, and so forth. And you teach your children, so that is poisoning the mind of the children against the father. is not right. <laughs> Story time. I can't remember now, many, many years ago, we are in Arafat. Mm-hmm. Today, is ninth of you must remember Rajab. Rajab. Mm-hmm. So that was ninth of Zulhijjah. We all in Ihram, everything is the morning time, in the afternoon, there twelve thirty, whatever time, so Adhan will be given, then we read Zohar and Asar, and then everybody gets busy with dua and dua and dua. So one lady came from our group and she came Mufti, I want to ask you a question. So I said, fine, ask when what you want, tell me and we'll try and help you out. Mm-hmm. She said that just now will be dua time. I want to make dua. So I said, yes, make dua, that's why we are here. She said, no, I want to make dua, my mother-in-law must die. Sure. This is in Arafat, in Hajj, we are in Arafat. And just now, so I told Ben, that we come here to ask Almighty Allah to forgive us. We are come here to beg Allah Ta'ala must guide humanity. Why don't you change it the other way around? Ya Allah, give my mother-in-law guidance, hidayat and so forth. Then you are doing a, making a good dua. This dua, like you cursing her that she must die and it's wrong for you to make such a dua. So that is what happens to people. That what happened, she and her mother-in-law, maybe they had four, five, ten times terrible arguments and what have you, maybe even curse one another. So she thought that I will say very good, make that dua, the mother-in-law, you understand? The old lady must die and out of this scene and history and you carry on with the geography. So that is what you are doing. It's totally wrong. I can't stop you. 100%. 
I'm not here to do that. وَنَصَحْتُ لَكُمْ وَلَكِنْ لَا تُحِبُّونَ النَّاصِحِينَ Nabi Sali alayhi salatu salam told his people, I am here to give you sincere advice. But majority of you, you don't like the advice. <laughs> you want advice that suits your worms, fancies and desires. And we're not here to give you that advice. We give you advice from Quran Sharif, from Sunnah Mubarakah, from Sahaba radiallahu an, from the Ahlullah Allah and the four schools of thought. That is the advice we will give you. Allah, subhanallah. The sister says, Dear Mufti Sab, he hit so many, he hit us so many times, and so hit me so many times, and he hit my 15-year-old daughter so bad that she landed up in hospital. That's the reason I'm making that dua. I should have listened to my grandparents who started. But I told you, all of you, when the husband assaults you, assaults the children, hit your daughter that landed up in hospital, you must leave all of us. We Molvis, we Jamiat, and Mo- we can't do anything. We don't have any executive power. We all consultative power. We can just give, you know, advices and so forth. You must go straight to the police and you must lay a charge mm. of assault and add many other charges as well. He must go throng to. They must put him straight in jail and then they, they'll penal beat him up properly. <laughs> so that is what you must do, sister. So I I told you all this hundred times that I don't accept this that you must remember that the husband hits and hits and be betters the wife up hits the daughter or son and the blue and black and red and what and no make sabar make sabar no go to the police and lay a charge of assault and tell them to come pick him up and so forth at least that much they take a little bit serious you know nowadays in South Africa so that is my advice to you you must do something that is proactive saying he must die he will die on his appointed time maybe five days, five years, 20 years also, that only all Maitella knows. You're not going to solve the problem. See if he goes to jail. Just put him there for one month, one week, and he'll come back. Then you see what happens. That if he wants, he'll give you talak, but at least you're out of his clutches. He's got anger issues to start. Yeah, he's got anger issues, but when somebody is tough, tougher than him, stronger than him, then he'll forget his anger. They take out their anger on the weaker sex and so forth, Mm. on the weaker gender, and then they hit their wives and children. Absolutely haram, that is. And we must name them and shame them, if you ask me, if Mm. they're doing it repeatedly. I see Haji Suleiman Aesop says he'll be straight like a miswak, Ustad. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the song, Ustad. My daughter and the boy, she wants to get married. Both are in varsity. So both families have agreed that Nikah will take place next year, Ramadan, because of their studies. And my daughter and the boy both agreed because their studies comes first. Is this wrong, Ustad? Anonymous mommy? Absolutely haram. Both of you got no sense. They got no sense and the parents also got no sense. So now we're in Rajab, right? So Rajab, Shaban, then this Ramadan to next year Ramadan. Mm-hmm. So we're speaking, they're going to get married after 14 months, 13, 14, 15 sure. months, depending how you want to count it. So every day they're going to meet, every day he might give her a peck on the cheek, every day they will be smooching, touching one another, every day they'll be sending SMS or WhatsApp mm. to one another, emails to the females, saying you as parents are allowing it, so for innal isma ala abi, go open Mishkar Sharif. When you allow these vices to continue under your nose, so you must remember then they are guilty, the boy and the girl, but you, the parents, are also guilty. That is what Mustafa said. See, 
Now today is what? Thirty first January. Mm-hmm. So seventeenth, yeah, seventeenth. I'll be there in uh, Wits or UJ or one of these universities. So and then in March I'll be by the other one. Inshallah, Inshallah. So the last time I went to Wits, I spoke and everything khutbah, salat, all. Then they know. I tell them I'll sit here for one hour. You'll ask well. I know what the one hour will become two hours. So they ask all their questions. I only tell them one thing: ask whatever you want to, but don't take anybody's name. That's the only condition I make. So now when I'm finished with them, I'm going to the car, to the vehicle. So the one youngster says, "You see that woman there?" So now it's so far. What you can see, you can't see also. So I say, "But what you want to tell me?" He say, "You see that we went to the girl's father." And we told her that I want to marry your daughter. So the girl's father said, no, 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 tiny sake, you can't do that. So you say, why we can't do that? Say degree, first degree, the degree levanu. First, you must take get your degree, MA and DA and PA and all the PIA and what and what and what. And so, the, so now the boy and girl are alone. They wanted to do it in a proper way. The parents say, no, the degree comes first. So she already had three abortions. This Quran in front of me. How many abortions? Three. They meet every day. They just go here, go there. The parents are there. Father is working. Mother is going to the mall. Maybe meeting Paul or Allah alone knows who and who in the zoo. So your mother. And they get busy. And now she already got three. And then the parents living in Alice in Wonderland. And they say, My son is going to go for a degree. Therefore, I'm telling you, you like, you don't like. Today, our universities and their especially places like South Africa have become brothels. Remember that. You must remember that what, what vices go on there. How many of our Muslim youngsters are involved in gay business? Either they lose their haya, shame, and modesty, either they lose their virginity, or either they lose their iman totally. So that is what happens. Mm. Ask me, and I go there, they come to me, and they tell me this, because the conscience is still working, and they have to share it with somebody, and they know I won't take their names, but when you ask me this kind of, what good is that degree when you don't, you, you encouraging your son and your daughter to commit haram, haram daily? So what good are their parents? I'm asking you. That degree is not worth the paper on which is written. Let oh, me be honest with you. <laughs> you must remember this type of thing. Tell me about your degree. So you must remember today doctors in South Africa, they can't find job. How many doctors qualified, six years, seven years, whatever, they did the internship, everything, they're sitting at home, they can't find job. And you come and tell me about your degree, mm. and in that you allow the zina, fornication, all that to go on. So think properly, where is our iman, where is our haya, our shame, our modesty? So that is what we do. We have become garku garki chirafse. The house is burning from within the house. Last question. Ustad, uh, uh, Ma says our daughter-in-law is colored and she doesn't speak our gum language. She doesn't speak Gujarat or Urdu. She only speaks Afrikaans. It's a shame in our family. And my son's still happy with her. Huche, Ustad. So today the, the, the Gujarati girls, how many of them speak Gujarati? Uh, Maman girls, how many of them speak mm. Maman? Urdu and them, you speak of gum. 
ગામની પોયરી તો ગામની વાત નહીં કરે સો શી ડોન્ટ સ્પીક સો એમ રિમેમ્બર ધે ઓલી નો વન લેંગ્વેજ દાદા